Terry McLaurin finally, finally has a new contract. And here on the Next Gen Fan Podcast, I will be breaking down Terry McLaurin's full three-year, $71 million contract, as well as looking at other Washington players that have expiring contracts in 2023 here on the Next Gen Fan Podcast. This is the Next Gen Fan Podcast. Thank you for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and follow. Finally, this deal has been done. We've been hearing this talk for weeks and weeks now. Um, no really real news. We heard that they were far apart. We heard that Ron Rivera and company tried to get close um, at the beginning of OTAs. And finally, we have a new deal for Terry McLaurin. Now, this whole deal, this is a three-year, $71 million contract. He has a $28 million signing bonus, which is the most money ever given to a receiver in the signing bonus. Then he also has 76.4% of his contract guaranteed. And looking at the guaranteed at signing, I mean, he's got, when he signs, he's going to get $34.6 million in 2023. And then 2024, he's going to get $2.7 million. And now this is what's great about this contract just starting off is that a bulk of the guaranteed money is going to get paid out in the first year when this contract begins in 2023. So this gives Washington a lot of flexibility when it comes to having other options in the later years after 2023 to maybe expand and try and find some other weapons instead of being tied up through this whole contract. Now, Terry McLaurin is now the top he's in the top five and highest paid wide receivers per AAV according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN and looking at what AJ Brown got he because he got the four-year hundred million dollar contract and I really expected Terry McLaurin to get around 24 or 25 million dollars not the 23 23.3 he got but I, I think looking at this deal now this is a really a good deal for both parties because you look at what how old Terry McLaurin is? He's 26, whereas you got A.J. Brown, he's 24, 25. Terry McLaurin came into the league older, but now that he is getting this first big deal, because it's only three years, he can't. Act- it would actually be easier for him to get a newer deal when he's 30, turning 31 in 2026 when the contract expires. Because with Terry McLaurin turning 31 in 2026, a lot of receivers, a lot of players in general, once you hit that 30 mark, it's kind of like a cliff. And a lot of players don't always fall off that cliff, but a lot of them do. And it, it definitely is a little riskier to take, to start signing some more long-term deals when players get to 31, 32, and they're still under contract. Whereas this way, Washington, he'll be out of contract when he's 30. Turning 31 in 2026. If they do need to re-sign, they can re-sign to a one or two year deal. That would be great as well. You can kind of pay up that money up, up front in that first year. But, like I said, this is a great deal for both parties. Because not only does Terry McLaurin get what he wants, he gets a lot of guaranteed money. The Washington Commanders also get Terry McLaurin. They got enough for four more years. And just saying that makes me feel a little bit better going into 2022. So, looking at this deal, it had to get done. Uh, there was no question about it. I, I think that if this hadn't gotten done, it really would have shown some incompetence in the front office, which when it comes to the free agent part of the of the, the, the free agent part of that, I feel like that 
Ron Rivera and company have actually done a fairly good job at this. I mean, look at some of the free agents they've signed. You know, they've signed guys like a Logan Thomas, a J.D. McKissick, a Charles Leno. I mean, those three guys right there are big playmakers and very helpful on this roster. Um, and I know when it comes to the draft, yes, James Smith-Williams was a good pick in the seventh round. Cameron Curl, great pick in the seventh round. Um, you know, but looking at, I, they got Chase Young, they got Antonio Gibson, um, but I I think that when it comes to looking at Ron Rivera's draft, because the 2020 draft was not run by really Ron Rivera, that was Kyle Smith, who is now, I believe, the GM in Atlanta, um, because they let him go, and now looking at Ron Rivera's two drafts, when he has started to take over that, that GM role a little bit with Marty Kearney and Martin Mayhew, um, looking at that, they haven't been as successful because they've got over the last years. They got Jamin Davis last year, who did not play well. Deami Brown last year did not play well. Then they've got Jahan Dotson this year. Um, they got Terry Mathis, Brian Brian Robinson, Percy Butler, etc. So I think that this is this is going to be a key year for Washington. Just to prove that this, that Ron Rivera and Mark Henry, Martin Mayhew, and all those guys have been doing the right thing when it comes to the draft part of this, because so far we really haven't seen that. Uh, Kyle Smith's draft is the only one that's really done well, and they he, he's gone now. So, but back to Terry McLaurin, uh, it shows other players that if you do what Ron Rivera wants on and off the field, then they will reward you. Look at John Allen, you know, leader in the locker room. That's a guy who is close to Ron Rivera, close with Dan Snyder, and it's a guy who is well-respected by all his teammates and puts in the work. Uh, he got paid, and he had his Pro Bowl caliber season. So Ron Rivera and company showing that they will reward the players who do the work and do what is asked of them. And I so... Like I said, I expect this deal to be around $24, $25 million, but he did get, Terry McLaurin did get a lot of guaranteed money, and there were reports coming out a few weeks ago that this was what was the issue was, was that Terry McLaurin was trying to get the guaranteed, and it does make sense in the end, because I do feel like Washington could have gotten this deal done fairly quickly, but with the, all the guaranteed money, that definitely would have slowed things down. Um... It definitely gives Washington more flexibility because, like I said, all of, a lot of that money, 30, $32.6 million of that 56 guaranteed, is going to be in the first year of his contract in 2023. Um, it does, so it's showing that this front office is, well, not, maybe not capable. This is, gonna, like I said, this is going to be a really big year for this front office just to show that they are doing the right things when it comes to free agency, because like I said in previous episodes, they have not signed, signed a lot of guys in free agency. Um, so it, it, it really going to show whether they made the right moves there. And then looking at some of the other, the draft moves that they've made, it, it time is going to tell whether this front office is capable or not. But overall, it is a step in the right direction for Ron Rivera and company because you're getting your best player on your team re-signed. You've got four more years now. And this is a leader in the locker room. This is, like I said, he's your best player on on your team. So 
getting him to now connect with Carson Wentz. I, I don't believe that Terry McLaurin and Carson Wentz are going to have any issues uh, getting to know each other or getting getting in sync. Um, I think that that should be really easy. I mean, Terry McLaurin has played with like nine quarterbacks before, so what, what's a, what's the 10, right? Coming up next, I will be going into all of the Commanders players that have expiring contracts in 2023, as well as looking at some of the top headlines here in the NFL. All right, so looking at some of the players that have expiring contracts in 2023, and there are a lot of them. Washington, definitely, I mean, so the, looking at a few things, because obviously we've got the cap, which may may play in big here. But I'm just going to start off with the first one. we got Deron Payne, and the thing with Deron Payne is, one, he's one of like four first-round draft picks selected for that D-line. Problem with that is you can't keep all those guys. Can't keep them all. And so what Washington needs to do is figure out which ones they want to keep. That way they can plan ahead. And when we get to situations like this, they can start trying to trade that player out. Now, there is the the question that, you know, is it better to have that player's performance? Whereas if you trade a player like Ron Payne, you get a fourth, third, third round draft pick. I mean, maybe you can get a second. Um, in my opinion, I, I don't see the reason why for a team that is not a contender in Washington, why they would keep these players when they can get trade value for them. It doesn't make sense for me. As much as Ron Rivera is going to want to tell us that they want to win now, you may want to win now, but you're not going to be doing too much winning. Uh, it, it, you guys aren't a true contender. You may sneak into a wild card round. You may even win, a, win that wild card game. But I don't believe that this team has the true potential to go deep into the playoffs, judging by the roster. And I, I think that guy like Ron Payne, you have to get rid of. You got to try and trade him away. You can't let him his contract expire. Let him walk. I think that they definitely need to get a deal done with that. Um, <clears throat> when I when I the reason I brought the cap is obviously with, if Carson Wentz plays well, then they will re-sign him, or they will keep him next year, but they will go to try and get a new deal done with him, and that is going to impact the cap a lot. If they do not keep him, then this could open up the cap, and maybe Dron Payne could get a deal done. But like I said, who on this D-line are you going to keep? You've got Payne, Allen just, uh, Allen's already signed, Sweat is coming up soon, and then you've got Chase. So I, you're going to have to make some tough decisions pretty soon. And then you also got to look at some other players on this team, like Cole Holcomb, who's got, his contract expires in 2023. What do you do with him? You've got Cam Curl, whose contract is going to expire in a few years. What are you going to do with that guy? And then it's just for the defense. Looking at the offensive side of the ball, um, I mean, you've got Antonio Gibson. You're going to keep him. Uh, you've got Logan Thomas, who's going to come up soon. You've got uh, you've got offensive linemen that are going to go out soon. So I, I'm just looking at that, they're really going to have to be careful with who they re-sign here because they do have a lot of players that deserve new contracts. Um, but, like I said, especially with that D-line, you can't keep all four of those guys. That's just that's way too much money. Uh, moving that on to Wes Schweitzer. And I love Wes Schweitzer. He has played multiple, multiple positions for Washington. He's played center. He's played guard. Um, I, I, this is a really good piece for Washington, just as a player who can play multiple positions. I'd love to see them get a deal done with him. Taylor Heineke, his contract is going to expire. And I think something that we do need to take into consideration is 
what is going to happen with Sam Howell. Because I think Sam Howell definitely is going to... I don't think he's going to play this year unless we've got a lot of injuries. But I think that Sam Howell could definitely compete for that starting QB job in 2023. Which leaves Taylor Heineke kind of on the outside looking in. Does he get a new contract? I mean, maybe. I I think that he could definitely get a new contract as third string quarterback. But I think Sam Howell. I think he's Sam Howell's over, definitely overtaking that second string role. Um, he might overtake that starting role. And you know, Heineke's twenty nine. Um, and um, for QBs, a little different when they turn over thirty. Uh, a lot of times, that's when guys actually pick it up in their careers. But I don't know. I just. I think for a guy like Heineke, you got to be careful whether you do re-sign him because I don't think they can hand out too much money for him when you've got a guy like Howell. And then it also depends on whether you're keeping cards and what. So there's a few factors that play in there. Uh, then going next, Trey Turner. Uh, he's guard that they signed. I haven't really seen much of him, so I not really know what exactly to go with there. Uh, he's 29, and I, I think that if he does play well, if he does end up being a quality starter of this team, then they should try and get a long-term deal uh, put in play. Cole Holcomb's coming up in 2023. I love Cole Holcomb. I really think he has been he's really grown um, in his time in Washington, and I think that he definitely deserves a new contract. Just looking at his play, like his progression, and how much he's gotten better over the past few years. Um, but, but this is going to be a big year for him because I think he's finally going to be in that middle linebacker role. Um, and there, it looks like they may be moving Jamin Davis to the outside linebacker role, which he should have been there in the first place. Cam Sims coming up. He's only 26, and that shocks me because I feel like Cam Sims has been here a lot longer um, and should be a lot older. But I digress. So Cam Sims got a contract upcoming in 2023. I think that Washington should get a deal done with Cam Sims. I like him as a fifth, sixth string receiver, and he has definitely made some plays for us. Joey Sly, only seen one year of him, but I think this is a big year, and if he do, is able to perform like a quality NFL kicker, then they should try and get something long-term and plan for him. Jeremy Reeves, uh, I'm not... Uh, so Jeremy Reeves, I liked what I saw from him in 2020, uh, but, you know, you it looks like with Washington, they've look, uh, look at the safeties they've got. Percy Butler they de- drafted Derek Forrest last year. They've got Cam Curl. They've got Bob McKean. That's four right there. I don't see them keeping Jeremy Reeves, maybe as a practice squad player, uh, but nothing nothing too major there. Tyler Larson, and this is a guy. I'm also going to bring up Keith Ismail because both of those centers have contracts expiring in 2023. Now, I think both of these players are good quality backups, and if I was going to keep either of these two guys, I'd have to go with Keith Ismail just because he's only 23 years old, whereas Tyler Larson is 30. So, a uh, big age gap there. But both, uh, uh, just on the playing ability, I think Tyler Larson is definitely better than Keith Ismail. But like I said, it's just the age factor there. Um, I don't fancy keeping a 30-year-old backup center. But F.A. Obata, I haven't seen anything from him who's originally signed this year. So, again, if he performs... He should probably get a new contract because they really don't have any depth at the end. David Mayo, um, I'm just I'm praying they don't give this guy a new contract just because they keep playing him. And I just David Mayo, Ron Rivera, David Mayo is not the guy at linebacker. Okay, I, you, you can you just find someone else, please. There is no reason to keep playing David Mayo. I 
they probably are going to give him a new contract for a practice squad, but I, I really don't think they should. Trapke, I don't think they should give him a new contract just because he can't play. He's not good at safety. Uh, they say he switched over to corner, but I mean, I don't really think that much, he would have improved that much. He has 4-3 speed, so he's good on special teams, but I mean, you can find other good special teams player that actually good on defense, like a Jeremy Reeves, so maybe that goes in play. Danny Johnson, I like Danny Johnson. Oh, yeah, there's Danny Johnson right there. He could also, you know, be on special teams and play on defense like he has in the past. Uh, he's been very helpful on defense as a fifth, sixth corner, and I think Danny Johnson could get a new contract. Alex Armott, fullback. No, I don't think he gets a new contract. Same thing with Jonathan Williams, running back. Don't think he gets a new one. Corn Elder, I don't think he's going to get a new contract either. Alex Erickson. So, Alex Erickson looks like he might be in play for the kick and punt return game. Um, same thing with Jahan Dotson. However, if Jahan Dotson does take over that role, I don't think Alex Erickson will even make the roster at this point. I think it will be Jaquez Ezzard. But, I think that with Alex Erickson, if he does go into that kick return role, um, I don't think they should sign him because what I think Washington should do is go into 2023 free agency and sign DeAndre Carter if he does not get re-signed by the Chargers. They never should have let that guy walk. He actually had some good playmaking ability at the kick return, punt return position. And I really, really, really wish Washington had not let that guy walk because he actually gave us a shot when it came to punt, returning punts and kicks. Uh, Willie Beaver is a tackle, uh, just a practice squad player. I don't think he, they, they, who knows? Same thing with John Toth. I, I don't think either of those guys are, they're not starters in the NFL. They're not backups in the NFL. So, I mean, if you're going to give him a practice squad role, maybe, but, uh, Daniel Wise, and this is a guy who we saw last year because of all the injuries. I haven't seen too much from him, but if he does end up playing some more this year, which, I mean, that would mean that we'd have some more injuries. But if he, if I do see him and he does perform, I do think that they should definitely give a new contract. He's only 26, and since they let Tim Settle go, I think signing this guy would be very helpful for them. Milo Eifler, I don't think... Uh, he's just a linebacker. I don't think that they need to give him a new contract. I think what they need to do is find a, some veteran linebackers to help out Holcomb and D Jamie Davis. Aaron Montiero... Uh, he was picked up from the Patriots. I haven't seen any from anything from him, so I don't know. Uh, Bunmi Rotimi, I didn't really like what I saw from him last year, and I don't think they need to give him a new contract. William Bradley King. Now, the only reason he is getting a contract, in the only reason he is getting a new contract is because I believe he was released and then signed to the practice squad. So that is why he is going up. I think they can definitely put, bring him back on the practice squad. Dejon Harris, he is a rookie linebacker. I've actually heard some good things about, and I think that if he does perform well, maybe they keep him on the practice squad. But that is all the players on Washington that have contracts that expire in 2023. Now, looking at some of the top headlines in the NFL, and we, we saw this with Frank Gore, but former All-Pro running backs Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell are set to have an exhibition boxing match on July 30th. This is going to be in Crypto.com Arena in LA. Um, I do think that it is interesting that now we have that's three running backs now who are going to boxing. But fun fact, neither of these two running backs have actually 
retired. They've not formally retired. So I do think that it is interesting that they haven't retired yet, but I, I don't know why the sudden interest in boxing for these guys. But, I mean, who, who knows? We saw Frank Gore do it. He, he, he knocked uh, the former NBA player, Jerron Williams, out in his, um, his, his first match. So, who knows? I, I think that this is definitely used because I don't think you're going to get any, like, boxing fans, like, new boxing fans watching football players box. I think that this is a good way to draw on football players to get them into boxing. Um, and so, it actually doesn't sound like too bad of a, uh, a move. And then looking at some uh, potential pro bowlers, the NFL brought out this article from it was from Nick Shook from around the NFL. This is project he's predicting a pro bowler from each and each NFL team. And I even before I saw this list, I knew who it was going to be. Uh, Terry McLaurin. It's a no brainer. How he hasn't made a pro bowl in four years is just doesn't make sense to me. And then finally, moving on to Another NFL article, and this is the top five scariest quarterbacks going into the NFL in 2022. At number one, they have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, number two, Aaron Rodgers, three, Lamar Jackson, four, and Justin Herbert, five. The thing that comes to mind here is how quickly Justin Herbert rose to stardom. And I'm going to keep going back to this. I know it wasn't the question at the time, but what if Washington had, had, had drafted Justin Herbert? I mean, that, that, that really would have changed their franchise. And I, I, I just, I don't know, I keep, every time I see Justin Herbert on some of these rankings, it always makes me think, what if Washington had drafted him or traded down, something like that. Uh, once again, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the Next Gen Fan Podcast. I really appreciate it. It really is, helps me out letting me know that that you guys are listening and this is going to help you guys out letting you guys know when i'm going to be dropping new episodes so you guys can listen to them i salute our armed forces firefighters police officers and emergency personnel once again thank you for listening god bless you and god bless america Hi.